0: My name is Dan, and I am weird. But I don't see weird as a bad thing, though. Being weird just means you march to the beat of a different drama. You don't fit that mold that society wants to shove you into. I'm out searching for people like me. The weirder, the better. This is my story. These are their stories. This is the Power of This episode of The Power of Weird is brought to you by the Rosemary Run Novel Series, published by Standards of Starlight Books. Follow the women of Rosemary Run, California, as they face the darkness hiding beneath their community's picturesque facade. The stakes are high, and the twists and turns will keep you on the edge of your seat when you read these emotional, pulse-pounding, domestic suspense novels, with characters who always show up for each other when it counts. Find out more about the Rosemary Run series, as well as other Standards of Starlight novels at standardsofstarlight.com, or by following the link in the description below. Hello everybody, and welcome to The Power of Weird. My name is Dan, and I'm your host. A little bit about me. I'm 37 years old. I'm 6 foot 7 inches tall. In my adult life, I've weighed as little as 295 pounds and as much as 640 pounds. I'm sometimes too smart for my own good, but at times in personal relationships, I'm also pretty clueless. (laughs) I've been a vegetarian since 2001, and I also don't drink coffee. I'm a sought-after brand designer and leadership coach and the co-founder of a lightsaber combat program. I'm also a dad to a great 17-year-old kid and a proud uncle to three nephews, 21, 18, and 9, and three nieces, 15, 14, and 12. What's probably more interesting about me, though, is that I'm an autistic entrepreneur and business professional. A book that I read in my early 20s changed my life forever. It was called The Secret of the Shadow by an author named Debbie Ford. In this book, Debbie talks about the things that we sometimes are embarrassed about ourselves, bringing them into the light and making them work for you. Creating your own special recipe with the ingredients that only you have to make a difference in your life and in the world. At this point in my life, I already knew I was weird, but I didn't know about my diagnosis. I've tried to accomplish the mission she set out for me in this book every day since. I'll leave a link to the book in this description below. Part of that mission was to make this podcast, finding other people who are weird or different or who don't fit in and who are living their best lives because of it. Through interviewing them and telling their stories, I hope to learn more about myself and that everyone listening does the same. Today I talk with Uncle Ted Hampton. While not actually being my uncle, Ted has a habit of wearing Hawaiian shirts on screen, which bears striking resemblance to the Uncle Ted character from Howie Mandel's hit kids television show, Bobby's World. In a world where so many people are all about shameless self-promotion, Ted's professional life sees him promoting others. He is the co-host of Pitch Me, the podcast, where he features people with fresh ideas in an effort to make their dreams come true. You can find out how to contact Uncle Ted in the description below hey there everybody and welcome again to the power of weird i'm really excited for my special guest today this is a new friend of mine that i think we're going to do great things in the future and right now um his name is ted hampton he's coming to us from uh Arizona, which is very cool. And he's the host of the new Pitch Me the Podcast show, um, which does Facebook Live and podcasting through traditional podcast channels and YouTube. And I tell you what, most people out there are that, that I know anyway are shameless self-promoters. And it's amazing to actually find somebody who promotes everybody else. So I'm here with the guy who does just that. Ted, how's it going, man?
1: I'm doing great, Dan. Thank you so much for that intro- introduction. That was Spot on.
0: Weather, spot on. <laughs> no, you're very welcome. Well, um, And it is, you know, I, I live in the world of entrepreneurs, whether it be uh, startup people, or whether it be, you know, what I call a blue collar entrepreneur, BCE, the folks that are out there, you know, just kind of doing their own thing, making their own way. And unfortunately, when you're an entrepreneur, you have to stay in that kind of promote myself mode, you always have to be ready to talk to people, you have to be ready to, um, you know, have the conversation, because your next meal, literally the roof over your head comes from that, you know? Um, but it's so cool to be able to find somebody who is out there doing that, but the way that they, you know, market themselves is by marketing others. It's it's something that is uh, at least in my circles, very unusual. How how did you come to that to where you know you became the guy who says, check this guy out over here?
1: <laughs> this has probably been about 10 years in the making. I was thinking about a podcast roughly 10 years ago, bought mm-hmm. the microphone that you might be able to see right now. I'm not sure, but <laughs> anyway, I got it, took it out of the box, monkeyed around with it and had no ideas. Mm-hmm. So put it back to the box. Sure. Then five, six, seven years later came along and I started pitching people. And well, I should say, this was about the time COVID really came. Ah,
0: uh, gotcha, story. okay.
1: So I was starting to pitch people, had some things that were being considered, but mm-hmm. everything got shut down with COVID. Mm-hmm. So I put the kibosh mm-hmm. to it. Well, while that was all shut down, I thought, you know, I've got this microphone. <laughs> Could I start a podcast about pitching people? Just kind of over it over. And I said, well, yeah, but I need the right woman to co-host this with me. Fair enough. So you've spoken or emailed at least my mm-hmm. co-host, Megan O'Donnell. And... I wanted to pitch her. She's a survivor of the Las Vegas shooting back in, I think it was seventeen. Mm-hmm. The sniper was at the Mandalay Bay Tower, just oh, wow. trying to shoot at people. So she was running, skirmishing for her life. Wanted to pitch her because I loved her story, but I couldn't articulate it well enough. I had it up here, but sure. I just couldn't convey what the what the real message of the story was. Mm-hmm. But I thought to myself, self, could she work as a co-host? Yeah, she's worked great. So that's kind of how this whole thing came to fruition. Sure. No, it's very cool. I hope um, I answered your question. I hope I didn't go on a diet.
0: Yeah, no, okay. no, you did. You're you're totally good. Okay. Uh, well, you know, one of the things that I like about podcasting so much, especially the interview process, is that, um, you know, we're able to have a conversation that is organic and real, and sometimes it goes off in different directions, <laughs> and, and and that's fine. <laughs> um, the, the personal philosophy for me is, is that um, you never know what you're going to say, whether it be a little side story or whatever it is that's going to make a difference for somebody listening that's going to help either you know kind of pull them up when they're having a bad day or give them that little push when they need it to be able to do something new and original and uh, and so you know all all the things that we talk about whether it be you know answering questions or diving down some sort of crazy rabbit hole it, it, it all benefits at the end of the day and and you never know too some of the craziest conversations i've had on the show have led to other things um, for example my very first guest um is, is a good friend of mine who's a mental health professional here in nashville he actually um is one of the folks that uh if you call a suicide hotline um here in nashville that actually answers the call and sits and talks to you and works with wow. you and um very talented guy very kind compassionate um but on the flip side he also is this big guy all tattooed with black hair and piercings and you know big long black <laughs> beard and
1: no not at all
0: yeah and so he um you know like this this same guy moonlights doing um indie horror movie scores you know that kind of stuff and literally just got back a couple of days ago from the mothman festival up in um west virginia he was hoping that he'd be abducted by aliens right so in the same conversation we're talking about you know um you know peer mental health specialists and suicide prevention and mental health and anxiety and all these different things and then you know i do have anxiety about some things but i really do want to be abducted by aliens man and then i'm like Okay, <laughs> you know, um, but again, it's it's a uh, you know, that's that led to us. You know, we're setting up like a, a round table discussions now coming up soon. We're going to have marketer round tables and creative round tables and educator round tables. And for him specifically, I decided that we're going to have a uh conspiracy theory round table, just get some conspiracy theory folks together, let them talk about stuff and discover stuff that we never have heard before. Um, so all of those things, you know, are beneficial a- in my world anyway. I don't know about you.
1: Send him my way. I might be able to do a show for him.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I can definitely do that. He's uh he he would definitely be somebody to uh, to feature. He's one of those uh, Rubik's cube guys too, who can do a Rubik's cube in like oh, ten seconds. He's yeah, got.
1: I remember those guys. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. So yeah, he he is definitely an interesting character. Like I said, as far as I know, he didn't get abducted by aliens on this trip up there. But I'm gonna have to check with him to make sure because I'm sure folks are wondering. <laughs> Um, if you
1: did, that would make the pitch even better. So let me Oh, yeah,
0: right. Exactly. Know. Yeah, no, for sure. Yeah. I don't
1: care.
0: Greg, if you're listening, this is for you, buddy, right here. Uh, <laughs> so no, I mean, I, I totally dig it, man. And, you know, again, it's the thing that I love about the world and that I love about people is every single person out there is so unique and so different and has their own stories and views and thoughts and opinions. But yet we all have this commonality of we're all people we all live the same day-to-day kind of life just making it through one day to the next and we all have the same kinds of motivations and experiences and you know they come in different forms but we all have so much in common and so I love being able to see that dichotomy when I talk to people and be able to learn more about them even people that I've known since I was a like a little kid there are always new things that you learn there's new things that you find out about and it's a it, you know, I, I love that personally, and it's it, it's just one of those things that makes life worth living to me. Is I always like meeting new people and getting to have that experience. And uh, you know, I would assume that's like that for you too. I mean, what kind of stuff do you, what what stands out to you when you meet new people? What says, "Hey, look at
1: me"? The, the, what you just said, the diversity—it's just mm-hmm. incredible. People, like it's almost like you said, it's the commonality. Everybody's got a mm-hmm. common denominator, but the numerator, right? The, Wildly different. Oh, yeah. And speaking of just someone speaking something that changed their life, the person that I pitched yesterday, who the production company is moving forward with, oh, very cool. Pitched them mm-hmm. is because he and his ex wife are close. Right. Well, he mentioned that on the podcast that I did with him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. He was talking in generalities, and he said, and my ex wife and I are really close. She lives down the block from me, et cetera. And it came across my desk that a particular network was looking for right. a couple who who is still friends, but they're exes. Right. And so I just hooked up with him and I pitched him to a production company. He didn't even know I did it. I did this last Friday. <laughs> Got the news Monday mm-hmm. and Tuesdays when we did that event. But had he not told me that.
0: It wouldn't have he wasn't happen, even right. supposed
1: to be our first guest. He <laughs> filled in for somebody. Oh, wow. They, their child had gotten sick. So he was a last minute filler and it couldn't have worked out better for us.
0: Yeah. That's amazing, man. That's awesome.
1: I guess it would have to be, you never know what's going to happen when it's going to happen.
0: Oh yeah, for sure. Well, I mean, it definitely gives um give credence to that whole thing that uh, opportunity is uh, what is it hard work plus plus the, circumstance the, plus the timing.
1: It's hard, yeah, right. mm-hmm.
0: yeah, it's just that that's very cool, man. I um I have since gone and
1: face. I mean, it was just, oh yeah when I, the, his wife, his current wife. Mm-hmm. It was just the look of you could see her being rewired. Mm -hmm. This was an offer that you would have never thought would come your way. And when you can see the look in their eye. You know that you have the potential to change their life forever. Yeah, yeah. Such a a dramatic capacity. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can't put a price tag on that,
0: Dan. Yeah, I agree. I, one thing that I noticed is the, the pinch of both of their voices went up significantly also. <laughs> <laughs> they could
1: have given Pavarotti a run for his money. Just a
0: little bit. Yeah, yeah. Definitely had some tenor action going on there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, it's one of the things that I talk about for me is, again, coming from the perspective of an autistic individual and also from the perspective of somebody who went undiagnosed with that until I was, you know, in my late 20s, early 30s. Um I, I'm the rare exception in the autism world of somebody who really is really, really social, who really, really, really likes people. Um, I always tell folks, I'm the most extroverted introvert you'll ever meet. Um, <laughs> it, it's, you know, it, it's just this whole thing. And um, the way that, you know, what I do with like my training program is it, it's the whole thing of learning the social process, right? And so, you know, some people like like you and I are talking about, you know, little small things, changes in expression, changes in, uh, you know, temperament, the way that things are moving, pitch, voice, correct. And and that's stuff that most people don't don't catch um, because they just, the, the overall feeling they get, right? But they don't notice the little individual things. And me, because that's how I learned to interact with people was as a cognitive process I do look for those things because that allows me to know how somebody's reacting Uh, but how does that work for you where you do catch those types of of subtleties as opposed to just getting the whole picture I mean obviously some people are just really good at it but I mean do you have any like experiences that led
1: you to be more aware of that kind of thing I think I've always been naturally intuitive I Mm -hmm. think that's probably been a big big plus I don't know that you can teach it I think it's something that Maybe you can get better at it if you possess Mm -hmm. the character, but I don't, I think it's just one of those things either you kind of have it or you don't. I got you. So I've always been kind of good at, even as a kid, I can remember reading people. For mm-hmm.
0: So I've um, always been pretty emotionally intuitive, but, it's, but right. intellectually, not always.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but uh, that. Mm-hmm, right.
0: yeah. it, it's just the wiring, though. There's a couple wires crossed compared to what normal people have, but it's working sure. for me. So I'm not complaining. <laughs>
1: well, you know, we all learn different. we all process mm-hmm. information differently, be it autistic or not, I think we all just learned it differently. Capacities and rates and Mm -hmm. methods, really.
0: So I have a uh, something popped into my mind, and, and, and this is just kind of off topic a little bit, but it's something that definitely is interesting for me. Um, you are, if anybody that's seen you do any kind of video stuff here recently, um, you don yourself with uh, various assorted Hawaiian shirts, which I think is cool, like one, apparently a new one each time, which is neat. Um, but I wonder if uh, pre-COVID Ted would have had the, like, if that would have been something he would have gone for, and, you know, and, and what what would pre-COVID Ted Said say about you being out there representing right. in your Hawaiian shirts every day.
1: I'll tell you where I got the idea from. <laughs> My girlfriend is a big Gilmore fan. Okay. Gilmore Girls fan, I should say. Sure, sure. She turned me on to it. And the writing, they're working in family parameters. It's mm-hmm. mainly, a, I'm gonna say another daughter show. Sure, yeah. But what they're working with, they slide some adult content in, and it's mm-hmm. really insidious how they do it. It's pretty clever. <laughs> really clever.
0: It is, yeah.
1: The father. Richard Gilmore, he mm-hmm. always has a bow tie. Mm-hmm. And I always thought that was an interesting choice. Sure. This guy's a monster. I, I don't know if he's quite as tall as you, but he's got to be pretty close. Sure. He's always got this bow tie on. Almost mm-hmm. you don't want to say rinky dink, but he's just he engulfs, you know, he engulfs the bow right. tie. Right. That, <laughs> really a good idea that they gave this monster of a man a small bow tie. Sure. And I thought, well, what kind of persona, you know, what kind of personality do I want to embody? And I thought. I'm California Ted. I'm going to go Hawaiian. I'm going to be, <laughs> you know, laid back, yeah, yeah. riding, warm. Hey, guys, welcome to our show. Come on in. Mm-hmm. So I thought this I was a like retire.
0: Yeah, no, it's cool. It, it reminds me of, and it, I guess it's a coincidence with the name, but uh, Howie Mandel's uh, Bobby's World show, you know, yes. many years yeah. ago, where Uncle oh. Ted was the guy who always wore a Hawaiian shirt. If right. you remember that, so oh yeah, of course. So yeah, yes. so it's, it's just kind of. I we'll remember
1: Howie to... when you had hair, actually.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. no joke. Yeah, very curly
1: that's been
0: and decades ago. <laughs> yeah, man, that's been a minute. Wow. Yeah, so it, it just it, it popped into my head. I had a friend who always wore Hawaiian shirts in high school, and I always thought he looked like Uncle Ted. But now we've yeah. got a literal (laughs) uncle ted with his uh (laughs) with his shirt ready to go i like it oh it's cool man so um so you were born in california and of course you live in arizona now and you've you've bounced around a little bit what is it that's taken you kind of on your traveling journey of i mean i i am well on the record of saying if somebody ever got me into california that i'd never leave so you know what what prompted all that i
1: I left kicking and screaming and crying uh it was the cost of living is really for me I went up to Las Vegas, and that's really where I learned a lot about business, marketing, people. I was in the hotel restaurant management, so I I pretty much saw it all. I drove limos, so you can imagine the kind of clientele I had getting in and out of the limousine. Sure, yeah. Life. You know, I've had famous athletes, musicians. Mm-hmm. Sure, you know, to just everyday walking Joe Schmoes. So it it was definitely, Mm -hmm. it was, it was an exercise in just learning how to interact with, you know, various types of people. Sure. No, that makes sense. That's
0: cool. Well, and then you also, if you have them all night, you might see like the sober version and then the not so sober (laughs) version later on.
1: Yeah. 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 (laughs) uh, Let's see how I can tactfully put this. I, we would have some women who would come up from California to Work the uh convictions.
0: Right, right. So I would
1: pick them up and drop them off, and they might be in various stages of sobriety, dress, sure, right, right, gotcha. There. <laughs> well, but I wouldn't trade the experience yeah. for anything.
0: Yeah, know? for sure. it's always one of those um <laughs> you know, it's so easy to sit on the outside looking in and say about like, you know, oh well, of course we would change that in our life or if we could, or whatever else, but it's a uh, it is very true that regardless of whether it's a a trauma or a victory that that, that you know well, those things are what make us who we are.
1: It is who makes you who you are. Yeah. unfortunately, sometimes. True.
0: Well, there's a, um, I believe it is uh, Churchill that said, "Victory is not final. Failure is not fatal. It's the courage to continue that counts."
1: That's And know, so
0: I it- I try to uh, <laughs> I try to emulate that when I can. <laughs>
1: And sometimes don't you just want to throw the gauntlet down and just say, I've had enough of it. Is this ever going to be worth it? How many oh, yeah. months am I going to have trying to figure this mess out? I don't even have the right idea. I don't even know how to mm-hmm. plan a accurate strategy and it can drive a person batty. Really oh yeah.
0: T- yeah, for sure. I mean, I'm a, uh- you know, with my brain wiring too, like I'm one of those people, if there's anything in my head at all, like I'm not, I don't sleep well. Like it's, it's Funny. not because there always has to be something. Um, right. I have a 21 year old nephew who found a meme a few years ago and, um and it says like me when I'm trying to sleep and it says like one sheep, two sheep, three sheep, hey, Macarena, <laughs> you know, and uh, that, that, <laughs> that's, that's me. He's like, is yeah. this like, I'm like, yes, yeah. that's it. Exactly. <laughs> that's just true. Sure. Oh. That
1: does describe it
0: right yeah 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 well and also to creative types especially and you know i think you would probably fall into that as well i
1: think that's a fair assessment yeah
0: um creative types you always there there's always something you could have either done better or something that you could have done also right. or right. or something that you want to finish today that you won't get to for three weeks and it's it's gnawing at you i mean right. It's just kind of how it works, right? It's uh, (laughs) there's always something.
1: Many times at three o'clock in the morning, staying up to you know four or five, trying to work Mm ideas out, think you made progress, then come nine or ten o'clock in the morning, you realize no, that's no good. Right. Very disheartening sometimes. It really is.
0: Well, what is it? So, what is it that drew you to? just like working with people in general. I mean, there's plenty of people even in the entertainment industry that really just don't see people, you know?
1: (laughs) And because people sometimes are problems, (laughs) you know? Um, There's truth in everything you just said, for mm -hmm. sure. (laughs) I think it's probably because my first job was in the restaurant hospitality industry. Okay. So I was around people from a very early age that would have been around when I was, what, 15 years old? Sure. So that was probably what did it for me. On the flip side, when I was in high school, and this was the same time I'm working the restaurant job during lunch, I would get up, go to the bathroom by myself and just mm-hmm. stand there and just hang out. Sure. So it's weird. I could be social, but on the flip side, right. I definitely did not mind time to myself. Yeah, yeah, for
0: sure. No, I get that. Did I answer yeah. the
1: question? I'm not sure. Yeah, no, no, that, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Okay.
0: So man, it's just, it's just something it's, i find it always interesting when social people aren't always social (laughs) you know what i mean you have
1: to turn off yeah unplug Mm -hmm. because you can't do what we do get engrossed and engaged in a conversation and not recharge
0: right exactly i i compare it to um like if you imagine like, like your profile, right. And it's like, you can be kind of behind yourself. You can be kind of in yourself and then you can be fully present all the way up in the front, you know, yeah, right. and, um, and that's exhausting, man. <laughs> like you can't do that forever.
1: It's no, no, you can't. Cool. you can't. And when I started this, it was just reaching out to people by email. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I pitched people for, you know, production companies to get right. them on show, et cetera, et cetera. Maybe they respond. Maybe they don't. If they do, then we're emailing. We do an initial phone consultation. Sure. Mm-hmm. But I'm never on a Zoom call with them. Right. Then I start this podcast. It's a whole different dynamic. <laughs> now not is. I'm trying to pitch people. I'm working with Megan, a co-host. Right. She's got her own set of ideas. We're mm-hmm. working with the guests. They've got their own agenda. Right. It's definitely more what's the word? Complicated. <laughs> <I> just, <laughs> sure. It's more complicated and involved than just me being solo and pitching people.
0: Right. Well, and have you guys gotten to the point where you've expanded your team out to like editors and different
1: people like that yet? No, not yet. We're looking at, we've got a lot on our, pl- I had a guy from private equity actually reach out and asked if we were interested in getting funded yet. And I said, we're pre-revenue so probably not yet. We're discussing. Right. We want to make our own network. Sure. Yeah. You and I talked a little bit. Uh-huh. About yeah. Something yeah. Like that. Megan and I had had some prior conversations. Do we want to start our own network? Do we want to start uh-huh. our own production company? I, you know, right. what do we really? How do we see this looking? Sure. The end game. I, I don't really know at that point, and that's what excites both of us. Yeah. yeah for your sure. Your Renegade podcast is really what we are. <laughs>
0: I like it, man. Renegade Productions, I'm sure, is taken, especially after that TV show in the 90s. It
1: actually is. Yeah, it is. Still, though, that's pretty good. I would know. (laughs)
0: Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, that's a man. No, I dig it, though. That's very cool. It's a man. I tell you what, people beating down the door with money has got to be a nice feeling, especially when you're first getting started with something just in general.
1: it is and we were what's coincidence about that is we also are in preliminary discussions with a hotel casino in las vegas about doing live shows possibly nice well this particular private equity group owns this casino so
0: (laughs) right gotcha yeah Oh, yeah, yeah. This
1: is going to end up looking dead. I really don't. But we're really excited.
0: You know, I've always thought about taking a, a, an extended trip to Vegas.
1: That's on, <laughs> that, that's on my short now, list. Las Vegas could be a place for you, actually, mm-hmm. fit in there. I, I know we discussed California earlier. Sure, yeah, yeah. The price tag associated with that. Sure. Las Vegas, that could be doable. Although it well, is pricey too, it is yeah. Not. Well, everything is right now. I
0: mean, you know, yeah. real estate prices are up what one hundred and fifty percent over what they were, you know, right. a year ago. I mean, it's just right. it's ridiculous. But well, well like I said, apart-
1: I- we're in an apartment right now. We just purchased a house. Okay, forty-five miles from where we're at right now. Nice, but it's not even built yet. <laughs> but yeah, but we had to just go ahead and purchase because if we didn't right.
0: There it's be already right. appreciated
1: fifteen thousand mm-hmm. dollars, and there's nothing even on it. It's right. just desert dirt.
0: Yeah, yeah. Who knows it's what kind of crazy is,
1: gonna, is the market going to tank? Is it going to keep continue to scale? Right. I don't know.
0: My uh, my mom, we we had moved to Clarksville, Tennessee, at one point when it was just me and my mom after my dad passed away, and uh, my sister had my older sister had moved out. She stayed for I don't know. Almost 30 years in her house that she bought in Clarksville, but she just sold it about nine months ago and moved back to Murfreesboro. The house that she sold, she put it on the market for like 50 grand more than she thought that she should. She sold it within a day for 30 grand more than her asking price in right. a cash offer. Right. Um, and then she paid 20 grand more than the asking price at her house now in Murfreesboro. But right. now she's got something like $70,000 in additional equity over the last nine months. And it's just—it's absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> the whole thing. I is just, just nuts. don't
1: see this being predicated in reality. Maybe right. I'm wrong, but I've I've seen this cycle before. I have seen mm-hmm. the same song and dance, and it always ends up the same way. You right. Two hundred thousand dollars upside down in a mortgage for a life. Right. That's how that ends up. But
0: that's the worrisome part, you know, and especially. I mean, there, there's the good thing, of course, where we have fixed rate mortgages now, as opposed to the the early two thousand or mid two thousands crisis of.
1: Everybody's doing an arm. Everybody's doing an arm back then. Well, where do you Uh think those arms are going to head? Lower or higher?
0: Right. Exactly. Yeah. And so at least we have the fixed rate. But the problem is, it's like, okay, you're at a fixed rate, sure, but you're, you know, you're upside down. Like you owe more than
1: dollars in a home. Right. Exactly.
0: Yeah. It's just. It's an interesting situation right now. I'm curious to see where it leads, but it's, uh, that's
1: one adjective that you could use for it. Yeah.
0: Well, you know, I know, um, you know, I, I mentioned before we jumped on, you know, I have an uncle who lives in Las Vegas and who, you know, has a nice house, all this. He's been there for quite a while. And, um, you know, he, he had houses in his neighborhood that like were empty for years, <laughs> you know, in Las Fort Vegas because, clothes. right. Yeah. 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 Right. And, and, and now it's just, you know, it, it's this insane thing of, you know, things are kind of flipped on their head and I'm just wondering no. if that's going to happen to a bunch of people again, you know?
1: Right. I- you just can't predict. You know, it's going to, the market is going to cool off. It always does. Right, can't right. Forever. Mm-hmm. But if and when, it's anybody's guess. Well,
0: the part that I don't understand, and again, this is getting into a little more politics than I normally get into. Not that I'm opposed to, you know, I'm an open book on anything, right, that I think right, about that kind of stuff. But, you know, it's a problem when average income across the country hasn't gone up for the last 25, 30 years, but yet he, housing prices are shooting up ridiculously. So, yes. I mean, right. people are getting priced out of their homes, <laughs> literally. Major,
1: like... major disconnect between the mm-hmm. cost of living and your salary.
0: Right, exactly. What, like you said, I mean, in California now, I mean, you've got oh, a <laughs> whole, you know, you probably have to make near $20, $25 an hour to be able to just pay no, basic expenses.
1: No that, no, that won't work anymore either. You got to have more than that.
0: See, that's insane. Yeah. That's... No, it's
1: beyond insane. Yeah. Man. Mm-hmm. It's beyond insane. That's why that's why I had to leave and go up to Las Vegas. I, sure. I to go. I, I did not want to leave California at all, but mm-hmm. push came to shove.
0: Yeah, I got you. At least it's a dry heat. <laughs> <So> dry.
1: <laughs> true,
0: true. Well, hey, now there's there's a very big difference in being in Las Vegas where it's a dry heat versus say, I don't yeah. know orlando florida or okay. anywhere in the I, south I where
1: both. yeah where, where i got eaten up with mosquitoes in florida Well, so right yeah that did not appeal to me
0: well and don't forget the fact that whenever you step out the front door you feel like you just got back in the shower you know it's, yeah there was it's that not too fun. Yeah.
1: <laughs> but no, you know it's, it's always yeah. the west coast for me that's that's how i see this playing out
0: oh i get it man that works that works So you mentioned uh, when we were kind of interacting before, you said that you've kind of had a long road through a lot of kind of difficulty that created the person that you are today. And and I know that we all kind of, you know, are in that position of, you know, we are the person now that our decisions in the past made us, but you kind of have a I mean, I wouldn't necessarily unique, unique story, but definitely one that kind of, you had a lot of lows before you were able to kind of pull yourself up to the highs.
1: I I think that's pretty accurate too. Yeah, I I wouldn't consider it unique by any means, but Mm -hmm. challenging nonetheless, just like I'm sure a lot of the people that you speak with, the people that I speak with, they all have challenges and obstacles Mm -hmm. to overcome. I think probably a lot of it was I made friends at an early age that I should have never have been friends with. And that sent me down a path of really partying really hard in the in the 80s and 90s and just spinning my wheels, mm-hmm. Wasting a lot of my youth with people that I really shouldn't have ever sure. given the time of day to. I got you. But when you don't have any guidance, and I lacked a lot of guidance, my parents weren't really knowledgeable about the world. Mm-hmm. That didn't help. And sure. you get what you get in life. You just make the best out of it you can. Mm-hmm. But I think that's probably where a lot of I think that's where a lot of it originated from.
0: I gotcha. I mean, and you say too, like you were, you know, homeless at one point and, and uh, I'm like, what yeah, was that? Where was that at? Was that in Las Vegas or? That
1: that was in Las Vegas. Yeah, that was in Las Vegas. Yeah. From, it's, it's, a, it's a tough town. It's a yeah. very tough town.
0: It's a, yeah. I mean, that's just. Man, it, it, I, uh, one of my guests that I had previously is actually a client of mine who um, owns a party bus of all things in Nashville Um oh, okay. that is pretty, it's a lot of fun. He does good stuff, but uh he was an army airborne ranger. He was active duty in the service. And then when he got out of the army, he ended up not being able to find a job and he became homeless in Nashville for a stretch of time. And, and it's, uh, um, you know, it's one of those things where nobody should ever be in that situation where I just it it bothers the crap out of me. Like it's uh it's something that there are so many causes in the world. Obviously you can't adopt them all, you know. But I but know, that's one that's really you know, it, it's it's inexcusable. And in, in a world like ours, it's inexcusable that that's an issue.
1: I just feel that everybody has the right to some sort of shelter. For mm-hmm. the lack of a better word. I mean, we're all humans, right? right? I mean, I don't think anybody deserves to be. Living under an overpass, or a right. We lived in Austin, Texas, for a while, and there was just a prodigious amount of mm-hmm. homeless people. I don't think I've seen that many homeless people since I lived in Las Vegas. Honestly, oh wow, it was just tents strewed all over the city,
0: mm-hmm. and
1: it's heart wrenching. And yeah, you can say, well, these people are—they don't want to work, or they're—they're they're on drugs, or a menagerie of other right. reasons. But you know what? What led them to start doing drugs? What led right. them to make this wrong decisions? If you went before that you might mm-hmm. find some serious abuse issues as a child or even more worse yeah
0: yeah for sure well you know one thing that that struck me um a few episodes ago I actually had my aunt on who is a uh master's level like social worker and a community advocate in her area where her and my uncle live now in um uh, up in the panhandle in West Virginia and also has worked with you know, on the executive boards of multiple nonprofits, all this kind of stuff. And one of the things that uh, has hit that area really harder than the rest of the country even is the opioid epidemic. And um, yeah,
1: specifically about that state. It is.
0: Yeah. And and so one of the things is um, West Virginia used to have this really big industrial and transportation base that has kind of dried up over the last 30 years, um, starting first when all of the steel industry left that area. um, And then leading into that, and you know, know one of the things that she was talking about is that uh, and, and it never occurred to me that you know you have people out there who are now homeless who are looking to get their next score you know who were not necessarily just some person who started taking drugs and ended up on the street you know you have people and of course it's not that those people don't deserve help also, they do. Um, But some of these people, you know, had regular jobs and they got hurt and they were prescribed an opioid drug from their doctor and they got hooked, you know, and, and they were, you know, and they were readily available. They had a (laughs)
1: legitimate issue. They had a legitimate issue and then they got down this path.
0: Right. Exactly. And, and and, yeah. And then this is the person who's then standing on the side of the road, begging for change or, you know, that kind of thing. I mean, it's um there's a it's unfortunate that we become so oblivious to things yeah yeah right it's desensitized that's that's the word i was looking for yeah i just
1: don't ever want to get to the point in my life where i become so bitter and jaded Mm -hmm. that i'm just screaming out the window at homeless people saying get a job and get right that to be me ever
0: yeah yeah no i agree um I, i definitely am in the same boat i mean i feel like we could do so much more for people and you know one of the things that i really hope by doing like the power of weird the podcast and any kind of things like that in the future is that i i want to be able to make a difference for people who are listeners and also for people who might be just kind of out there doing their own thing that might catch 5 minutes of it because it's playing right. in a store somewhere or whatever sure. the case may be where somebody like yourself who has been through what you've been through and have come out not just smelling like roses, but you're helping other people too. You're you're making people's dreams come true literally. It's a you know that's something that can give people the push that they need, give people the inspiration to know like, hey, you know, maybe I should go and try that, and you know, to t- to take another chance, to take another step.
1: It's still an adage of what a difference a day can make.
0: Oh yeah, for sure.
1: I mean, I've had some very dark periods in my life where I thought, do I really want to go on? Do I really have a reason to go on? Right. And there were times that I came up with the answer. No, I really don't. But yet I thought deep down, I I just, I can't quit yet. I just can't quit even though I wanted to quit. Oh yeah. Please. I just want to quit. I'm S I'm just done with Mm -hmm. trying and suffering and struggling to make this work.
0: I, I, I understand completely. Um, I uh, I mean, I, it's something I've talked about before, so it's not necessarily a surprise for anybody who knows me because you probably can tell I'm pretty open as far as <laughs> stuff that I've been through, you know. But the last nine to five job that I had um, was as a program coordinator for a community and mental health agency here in the Nashville area. And um, I loved what I was doing. I loved the people I was working for, working with as meaning like my clients that I worked sure. with and the people who were on site there in the building I was in. But the people I worked for, Um, well, not all of them, but there, there, it was a very hostile environment. And it was one where it, it, it's a big reason why I developed my training program is I don't want people to have to deal with being in a situation like that. You know, as somebody on the spectrum and who knows what I need to perform a job well, you know, I was like, Hey, look, here's here's the deal spell out exactly what you need and exactly how you want it exactly when you want it and i'll make sure everything's done perfectly um but don't assume that i know what you want unless you tell me <laughs> you know yeah, and i'm um, right exactly and so and i just got none of that and then it, it progressively got went downhill where again It it was miserable, man. And, you know, I stuck around way longer than I should have because I felt obligated to take care of the people, the clients that were there that I took, you know, that I made a difference in their lives. But, you know, in in the town I was in, it's literally called Riverside Drive, I would take the long way to go on Riverside because there would be a moment almost every single day for the last year I worked there, where I would go the long way home, I'd be on Riverside, and I think to myself, all I need to do is cut that wheel really hard, and I'd just be in the river, and I wouldn't have to go to work the next day. Um,
1: yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I mean, get that. yeah, I was actually in a rollover about 70 miles northeast of Las Vegas. I, this would have been a bad, about 04 05. Mm-hmm. I was taking my girlfriend at the time, I was taking her nephew and his friends who came down to Vegas from Cedar City, Utah, for his 16th birthday. So we were going back home to Utah for him. And the guy pulled it out in front of me on the freeway off the on ramp, and I yanked the wheel, the passenger tires on the, yeah, the passenger side tires all blow. We do 360s down the Oh, no. Oh, yeah. All I can see is my girlfriend's head headed towards the semi truck. Sure. So, you know, the wheel shaking. I have got no control at this point. So I just let Mm -hmm. go of the wheel. And at that point, this peace and serenity just came over. Mm -hmm. And I thought, hey, this is going to end my life and I'm okay with that. I was really good with that at the point cuz mm-hmm. really life at that time was very dark, depressing, and I really didn't have a reason to go on. So I yeah. thought this was going to be my out. So we end up going down this embankment, end up upside down. Her mm-hmm. nephew and his friends have to pull me out of the window. And I just remember standing there almost disappointed thinking, I can't believe I survived this when this was my out. Yeah. It's <laughs> I mean that's as honest yeah, as Yeah, that hard. resonates I can more here. than you know. I can yeah. Here and you, hey, I got out and I was so happy and I was you know it was over, right. and yeah, no. us, but nothing had changed except for I was still alive in a miserable condition. Right. In the same predicament. <sighs>
0: like I said, and I'm just taking it's yeah. Yeah, yeah, very true. It's a man, you know the there was a book that I read, and this is in my little introductory part of my podcast, so people know about it, but it a book I read in my early 20s um, by a lady named Debbie Ford, um, and it's, it's called The Secret of the Shadow, and it was the first person, first thing I ever read that really influenced the way that I look at the world, if that makes sense. Um, yes. Non-fiction book, she, and she talks about herself, about having to kind of go through and examine the negative things that she would say about herself all the voices in her head that she would hear of people who always talk badly about her that kind of stuff and and take that and kind of shine a light on it all and then see what pieces only she had to where she could kind of if you equate it to like cooking right where you take all of your unique ingredients and throw it in and make the recipe that only you can, right, and then that, and learn how to be able to bring that to the world, and uh, that was a big turning point for me mentally, but it took me until four or five years ago, when I first started going freelance, finally, and working for myself, that I really understood what she was talking about.
1: Um was never fast, has been my experience. Very true, very, very it's true. Just not, it just takes time.
0: Right, right, it, it's just, it's, it's, uh, it wasn't until I went out on my own independent as a freelancer that that all started to come together, you know, and finally, <coughs> excuse me, um, it's just one of those things, man, where it, granted, financially, it's always difficult when you first start out on your own. I mean, you have to be willing to take that risk. But at the end of the day, what i rather be worried about getting out there and making sure that I've got business coming in or driving into the river every day, (laughs) you know, there's
1: not really a contest there. And I don't want to say that you have to almost be a little crazy to do Mm -hmm. that because that sounds like it's a mental illness. And I don't think being an entrepreneur is a mental illness, but I definitely think (laughs) there's a little bit of wiring askew because. Oh yeah, for sure. Who in their right mind would say, okay, I'm throwing caution to the wind. And I'm just going to pursue this with every, right. you know, in my being, mm-hmm. that takes a special kind of individual.
0: It does. That's one of the things I always say to entrepreneurs. I'm like, uh, uh, like when we talk about like, say like spouses, partners, that kind of stuff, it's like, you know, just remember you signed up for this. Like if it's a client, you know, like right. you signed up for this. They didn't, yeah. <laughs> you know, like right. be kind, be right. understanding. Right. They didn't
1: sign up for the, right. right. <laughs> that that's what was going on last week when we were just getting hammered with emails and you going into this i Mm -hmm. I can't complain about people emailing oh yeah yeah what we we signed up for
0: right it's a but you know you you, yeah you you sign up for a lot but it can get a little overwhelming right well and that's the whole thing if you're successful at what you're doing at something like that then you're like oh crap (laughs) you know it's you have to determine whether that success is worth you know all the time and energy and
1: (laughs) If they don't call it, uh oh. And if they do call it, uh oh. Right. <laughs> so, exactly. Yeah. Just,
0: <laughs> yeah. Damon John says often about uh you know, it's an old joke about entrepreneurs that we're the only idiots that are willing to work eighty hours a week to not work forty.
1: God. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. I know. What's the other uh, one? It's the uh, you, the only the entrepreneurs the only one that's jumping off a cliff trying to build an airplane on the way down. Right. Uh, and <laughs> I see it. an addendum to that. He sets fire to that airplane and tries to manufacture another one. Really feels like.
0: Dude, seriously, and <laughs> only about ten percent once they are almost to the ground. Remember, they have a parachute. Oh, I um,
1: oh, mean, this airplane flies. Well, that's no good. Let me trash this one.
0: <laughs> exactly. Right. Right. Yeah. It's a. Oh man. See, that's good stuff. I love it. It's just fun. <laughs> well, so what? What is it that made you? I mean, entertainment of all things. Like like taking people and pitching their stories and being part of that entertainment world. I mean, what? That's a fierce thing, you know? I mean, it's not for the faint of heart, you know?
1: (laughs) Well, yeah. And I didn't grow up in the entertainment business either. That's the funny part. Yeah, I grew up in LA, but I was probably 60 miles away from where all the action was. So I think, I think it was a combination. I knew the only way that I could really reach people is through media. Sure, I didn't see any other real way I could facilitate that. It's got to be big. Right, or or you you can't do anything big if you don't have a big platform. So media was just the obvious choice for me. Fair enough, man. That's, I mean, what about that's you? Cool. I mean, that's that's why you chose it. Obviously, you got a big agenda. You're a big. Guy. True. Things to say. <laughs> True. Media.
0: Well, um, but it's it's, it's a whole different thing, though. I mean, where uh, I don't know when. when See, like, so, for example, that's a good question. That's fair. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Pollying back the thing. Um, It's it's definitely fair. Yeah, no, I get it. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Well, so, I mean, truthfully, in, in like, in the world of that kind of stuff, I'm, uh, you know, and in business, too, I'm the same way. I'm what they call, I'm a closer. Right. I'm and you know, I'm I'm the guy. If I were a college basketball coach, I'd be the one who comes in very last and sits down at the kitchen table and gets the signature, you know. One. Um that that's who I am. Um and, and I'm very good at it. <laughs> um, but as far as the guy who will sit there and, you know, call up you know, 40, 50, 60 different places to get that one or two, those one or two meetings. That's just not me, man. Like yeah. I understand from an entrepreneur's perspective, that's a difficult thing to admit, but it's just not, I mean, you you have to know what your strengths are in order to be able to compensate. And it with sucks.
1: Them. And that part of mm-hmm. it does suck. I get that. What's fun is working with people. Yeah, I, I agree. It might predict about a position. It's working out, it's fleshing out some ideas like what you and I are going to do for you. Yeah, yeah. we will hash out some ideas. That's the fun part. Calling people before mm-hmm. I started the podcast, just reaching out cold emails. No, not much Sucks. fun in that yeah. at all. Mm-hmm. No, I agree. I'll do it. Because <laughs> sure. Do it. Or I used to have to do it I right, right. But,
0: no, I was see. gonna say, I emailed you guys. Um, yeah, for folks that don't know, um, I've done a couple of like small media appearances, but this is my first full on like um, being a guest on somebody else's podcast, which is exciting with you guys. This is actually my, first, is my interview. first
1: one. I mean, we haven't been on the air even a, a, barely a week, and I and sure, on news, and I, I was very obviously after I heard your first podcast, I was stoked to be on here. So, well, again, I appreciate I'm, that. Okay, yeah, thanks for having me because. I was really looking forward
0: to. Well, this. yeah, it's it's good, man. It's um, I consider this a way to, for me to be able to expand my circle as well, meet like-minded people, and get to learn about new cool things. And you know, I mean, it's and just it's networking good stuff. with
1: fellow podcasters has just been really interesting. The whole dynamic. yeah, yeah, different, different uh, what people do differently. It and is. It's done.
0: it's a well, the cool thing about it is, yeah, it's so different between different. I look at um somebody in like one of the podcasting groups that I'm on in on Facebook that a friend of mine that it's coming on the show later we were talking about it and she actually connected me with um this guy posted about like if you could sit down and talk with any three like podcasters or whatever like who would they be you know and um and I don't remember who the third one was. I'm sure I will later. But the top two were Ke- Kevin Smith and Joe Rogan. Um, Burt Kreischer was the third one, the comedian. Okay. Um, <laughs> and, and reason being is because, you know, I value authenticity. I value sincerity. I value real as opposed to fluff.
1: Yeah, right. right.
0: And and from the, from day one with podcasting, Kevin Smith and Joe Rogan have built their whole podcast empires on the fact that they're just themselves. They're weird and strange to, and
1: Dan, don't you yeah. I, mean, I, I don't think, think so.
0: Well <laughs> it depends on who you ask. <laughs> I don't you think
1: know. you can be Oprah Winfrey, Dan. I think there's a few problems we might have with you being Oprah
0: true our our um our weight loss journeys are pretty similar um
1: <laughs> but that aside <laughs>
0: right right yeah yeah. i always that's one of my running punch lines is i've yo-yoed us so much that it'd make oprah's head spin you know but uh
1: <laughs> you know, podcast i think you should check out is that will never work that's mark randolph and he's the co-founder of netflix if you don't know oh that. okay yeah yeah and that's a good podcast for someone like i think you'd get a kick out of that too i probably
0: would yeah that sounds like something check that would that be out. fun yeah, the, the whole – um. I saw the documentary a couple years ago on – I think it was on Amazon Prime, actually, of all things, but it was about Netflix. Right. <laughs> you know, you'd think they'd have it on their own network. But
1: hey. You know what their beta title was until they could come up with one?
0: Flickster? Was it Flixster? Kibbles. Kibbles. Oh, yeah. I remember. Kibbles. No, that's – no,
1: Netflix is and better. And what I heard <laughs> is it said, use a beta name that's so bad and lousy that when you come up with the right name – you're not you're a <laughs> you won't even want to use the beta name fair so enough man yeah yeah. yeah yeah
0: i go through gyrations with that branding um it's funny too with that because you know my day job at this point is as a freelance brand designer um i'm moving more and more towards the podcasting the media the speaking the um yeah, right. the, the training stuff that kind of stuff but it, it's funny i get to I have all, I'm one of those people who I have like 8 million projects in my head, even if I'm only working at five at a time. Yeah. And, um, it, and it's just, everything's always a constant work in progress. I'm always changing something. I'm always updating something, I'm always making something a little different, a little better. It, it, it's, I can't, I'm never satisfied with where something sits. It's got to be never, better.
1: You never will be. I, I think mm-hmm. it's part of a personality.
0: I even I re-recorded my first episode of my podcast. The one that's that scripted as the part one of my story. I re-recorded that like four times. Oh, <laughs> uh,
1: I've, I've yeah. left voice messages before, and if I don't feel that they're clean, pristine, and 100%, right. I erase them. over. I'll do it 15 times if I have to. It's overkill. <laughs> but you know what? I just want to set the right tone. I don't right. Exactly. To I don't. I don't care enough to leave the appropriate message. I never. Right. At the, 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 the You know my my what I'm displaying is myself. I want to be Mm -hmm. just respectful and people know that I do care about what I'm doing. Sure. Yeah. See, that's important, man. That's cool. Um, You know, for me,
0: more than, most people i think because of always you know it's just the whole thing of you're either i was the tall kid i was the fat kid i was the weird kid i was the geeky kid all all of these different things you know rolled into one the awkward kid all of this stuff rolled in together and so i was definitely always on the outside kind of looking in on situations and then um you know what's funny too is it's a. Well, at my smallest as an adult, I weighed about 290 pounds. That was the first time I ever was like turning heads for the right reasons. Um, But again, six, seven, (laughs) you know, Um, but no, I was, you know, I had one girl who literally like tripped over a child and like ran face first into a plate glass window, like who was like, oh and you know like like that's nice you know it's a nice it, it's, um it? but it's yeah. but it's one of those things of being the weird kid and the awkward kid there was a short period of time when I was that size that I was starting to like get that kind of like more rabid attention which was fun but it also it does it's it's a true story of it does make things difficult when you're going to you know pitch new things new products different things like that you know I had this guy who was an army veteran who's a friend of a a close friend of mine who we went out to eat one time. And, you know, I'm a big guy. I make no arguments about that, no qualms about that, but I'm also a very emotionally intelligent guy. Like I know myself. I (laughs) very well. And this is one of those fitness, nut guys who's sitting there you know, getting drunk off his behind telling yeah. me about how people who are overweight don't love themselves and all this kind of stuff. And you have to respect yeah. yourself and all this. And I'm mm-hmm. like, and I say to myself, well, first off, I'm not the one sitting here getting toasted in a pizza hut, acting like an idiot. Yeah. Um, but it's one of those where a lot of people have those impressions of different people. And and, and it's just, a, it's either where I find a lot of times that for, with first impressions, you know, I need to get in there quick and start talking because that's where I shine, you know. You
1: and I ha you and I have an immediate goal. We in two or three seconds, we've got to make that connection. Right, exactly. Because I've got to earn your trust. If I want mm-hmm. you to tell me they could be happy stories, I'm sure you've had some great stories. I'm sure, sure. you've heard some horrific stories like what mm-hmm. I've heard, but I've got to be able to make that connection and earn that trust really right. quick. Or this won't work.
0: Right, exactly. It's it's a. Uh, I I mean, we all have issues like that 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 make it to where I mean some some men period in today's world like if you're trying to introduce yourself to a woman of any type not like hitting on someone but even in a professional setting you yeah. know you you be, you almost can't do it because there's an immediate assumption of oh that's a man no stay away what what whatever um you know there are so many preconceptions i the biggest frustration to me in this world is when we look at people and we just see the outside we see the the cover of the book right but we don't take the time to to even peel it back to read the first page or or anything like that and from for someone in my position people either get or they just like have disdain like they think oh well you don't work as hard as you could or you know you're lazy or whatever else the case may be or it's like oh poor baby poor pitiful little thing let's pat you on the head like yeah. there's no like hey you're just a dude okay <laughs> you know and that. that
1: I th- and let's take your Pizza Hut mm-hmm. example for a yeah. minute. I think that speaks more about him than it does you. Sure. You know, if he's the one sitting there looking at you, critiquing you, there's probably something really horrific going on in his life. And you probably... would have to feel really sorry for him if you knew his story.
0: Sure. Sure. Well, and and that's one of the things that one of the reasons I do the show the way I do, you know, I I make sure with most people, like, look, I'm not trying to be some sort of hard hitting investigative journalist. You know, we're just trying to get out there. We're trying to showcase these amazing people, tell their stories, learn more about them. And hopefully we'll learn a little bit about ourselves in the process. You know, like it's not, it's focusing on the real you know, as opposed to the ideas that people have in their head.
1: And let's go back to a second. I like what you said about being the shy kid, the fat kid, the skinny mm-hmm. kid. Could that have possibly prepped you to be an entrepreneur? Because possibly. Because you've got to go solo initially when you're sure. not No. Well, if everybody's making, have you ever had an idea get laughed at? I, we all have. Oh, yeah, all you're the time. you told no? Well, of course you have. Well, you're going to mm-hmm. be told no trying to launch your own business a right. lot. And oh, I yeah. think those immediate i don't want to call them failures but i think going through those childhood mm. issues with people making fun of you even the fist fights that you get into when you're kids sure i think that sets you up to do this kind of work you got to be ready to go to do battle right to brother if you're not ready to go into battle don't waste your time
0: no agreed yeah yeah, yeah. go find a a nine-to-five you yeah know, that's what you're riding a desk or right, right. exactly yeah it's uh, you and know that's no true
1: that. and there's no shame oh no no none
0: whatsoever yeah it's a, you know, that that's very true. I mean, it's a, it, I never directly put that correlation in there, but I mean, yeah, it's, it's a, you gotta be a little bit weird to sign up for the kind of, you know, punishment can you, can that you, you go through.
1: On the fringe of society. So uh-huh. well, if you can, you might be considered, you know, a potential entrepreneur. That's right. I right. Like those things. Yeah, yeah for sure. you stream and you get along with everybody, you might not have a creative bone in your body.
0: Well, yeah, true. No, that's true.
1: I mean, if you're blending in, hmm. fitting in well with everybody else, and right. you're
0: not weird, right? Exactly. Weird. Yeah, no. I
1: don't want to be normal.
0: No, I agree. I mean, it's a. I mean, I will say from like from the standpoint of like the autism, right? Like, I, like I look at that, and there are certain things that. You know, if I'm honest with myself, there are things that would have been very much different and better in my life if I didn't have to deal with all of that. Um, which so so it's one of those where it's a catch twenty-two, right? Like I am very proud of the human being that I am today. Um, but it's you worked at that. Well, right, exactly. Yeah. You're
1: working at that. Well, nobody's gonna give you the dance show. Nobody's just gonna give you success. You had to work at that. And fighting autism, I think, is mm-hmm. probably a strong component to make you the person that you are today that gave you the fortitude and tenacity to continue. Because there's not one entrepreneur that has never thought about, I'm quitting. This oh, is yeah. Too much. This is beyond my capacity, my control. I've had it. None All
0: more. the time.
1: <laughs> right. Well, yeah, and, and you,
0: you're not – officially an entrepreneur until you've had somebody call you up on the phone and you don't even know who they are and they start screaming at you (laughs) over something that you don't know is happening. The true
1: definition of
0: success. (laughs) Right, exactly. Yeah, it's a whole. I've been there. (laughs) Definitely been there. You'll be there again. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah very good at putting out fires but unfortunately fire starter is part of the job (laughs) description
1: (laughs) yeah it is
0: man well so what is it that drew you to that kind of thing i mean obviously you're i mean you're your own animal as it were you're out doing your own thing i mean what made that happen for you
1: i think i watched my grandfather he was in advertising and he was i actually went around with him when i was a kid helping him set up signs this was Okay. Oh, cool. Pre-internet. Yeah, So yeah. We would go around, put up the signs, maintain them, mow them, trim trees, mm-hmm. whatever we had to do. And I saw that at a very early age, and I thought, I think being a business <laughs> myself is what I'd like to do. And I think once I got that bug, that was the end of it.
0: That's cool, man. I dig it. That's back when signs were hand painted, and <laughs> <He> had, <laughs> you know, he had yeah, a
1: screen, yeah. He had a screen printer that uh, printed mm-hmm. up the signs. He had the truck. We would go around and just put in the post and put up the signs and then uh, every couple of months or so we would go around and check on the signs, the quality and right, right. whatever was needed. But I loved it. I love, you know, I love getting in the truck with my grandpa and yeah, working, yeah. you know, was a kid. I mean, yeah, yeah. Better than that.
0: See, that's, that's very cool too. I mean, that's, that's definitely something to uh, like, like I know, for example, my, uh, my dad was a vice president for a trucking company, something to that effect when I was little and he brought home this, uh, like tandy laptop computer that was by uh, no means a laptop you know (laughs) like half of the top would flip up and be a screen and the other half was like the back of the thing and um <clears throat> had a little mouse that plugged into the like og serial port you yeah, know? Right, right. and and he had print shop deluxe on this thing in like 1986 or, or made like 88 probably 89 something like that and you know i have a very strong background in graphic design that's what led me into branding and, and all this right. other kind of I'm stuff right. yeah, yeah. Right. yeah so um that was my first experience of like tasting that bit of like oh, well, I have an idea and I can go to a computer and I can make it look really cool. And then I can print this thing out and like, there it is, it's real now, you know? And, and so yeah. I've been able to it's do, yeah. That, that... Sure, I right, can. exactly. <clears throat> we all kind
1: of have that little tiny taste, you know? And see, I work a lot with just the vision. A lot of mine sure. is applicable to being able to put on paper. <laughs> and that really is, that's really a hard, you know, it's a hard venue to work in.
0: Sure, it, it is. Well, I mean, it's it's one of those where, well, unfortunately, in the design world, there there's lots of expectations for people. At um, if you hire most little companies that would hire a designer, they're like, okay, well, yeah, go build our website, go design flyers, go do this. Like, it doesn't work that way. <laughs> like, different people Uh-oh. should be doing those jobs. Right. Um, so it's one of those where, you know. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's it's difficult.
1: Yeah, it is extremely difficult. I know, and it, I can't always mm-hmm. articulate in an email either. When I'm pitching people, right? Um, you would think I, what, you're thinking, "Geez, Ted, can you not? Can you not articulate it either through speak or writing?" Sometimes, no, no, you I can't. Show up here in my head, and I can right. see it, but I can't verbalize it. I can't write it out to where you can pulls oh, yeah, yeah. out of anything I'm saying. So right. it just sits there, and I can't do anything with it. Right no it's i got you
0: um do you know the comedian bill Hader by any chance who was on yeah, saturday night live yeah, um yeah. he t- i've heard him interviewed talking about when he first pitched the uh, the idea for his show barry on hbo to his right. co-writer um and he was like it wanted to be about a hitman and who goes to acting classes and he's like well okay that sounds kind of funny but like hitmen are overdone there aren't really hitmen in the world all stuff he's like "No, no no you don't understand i'm gonna play the hitman and then his writing partner's like oh okay (laughs) like it took him a while to get around to that you know he's like yeah that's funny
1: (laughs) and that's what we're currently going through with our podcast is we mm -hmm. thought it was going to start off one way and we're just completely revamping and just restructuring all of it to make it. sure you just for us we just had to put it out there and start right somewhere so that's what we did
0: yeah for sure I mean it's very cool man anybody who kind of takes the reins and says you know this is what's going to happen and then you just bring it into existence I mean that's something that not everybody can do and it's
1: something that I have a lot of respect for well thank you but you know you didn't have a podcast one day and then the next day you did true what a difference a day makes. <laughs> That's true. Man. I think I've said that maybe once or 500 times. Already. That's all right. We'll have to make you sure. a t-shirt. <laughs> you can hey, sell you it can on your a Hawaiian t-shirt. <laughs> oh, I, I can dig that now.
0: That would be fun. Yeah. no, I could definitely do you get that. On that.
1: Dan, you're the graphic designer. That's that true, man. On.
0: I've, unfortunately my brain's already going in four different directions on how that can happen <laughs> we can definitely make that work you can I'll be the new uh
1: with you sure yeah there yeah. you
0: go well you can be the modern age tommy bahama you know get your own thing <laughs> yeah, going yeah, on
1: yeah right <laughs> that's good
0: that would be an interesting store on the strip be like hawaiian tees like yeah. yeah anyway yeah that would be yeah and
1: you'd have to be out there banging the shirts on your hand too you know oh yeah yeah for sure with The guys yeah. with the cards and right things. right yeah yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: You stop everybody during traffic, be like, hey, Bob. Yeah. <laughs>
1: That's
0: awesome. Man, very, very cool. Now, you, you've got a lot of cool stuff going on, man. I am, I, um, oh, it, it's just so everybody feels overwhelmed at times right in their life regardless of what background you are where you right. come from and sometimes it really is hard to take that first step and and especially to take that next step <laughs> you know so many people leave something just started you know, you're taking something and just in a short time, you're really running hard with it. And like you said, you're already making a difference in people's lives with what you're doing. I mean, you've turned this podcast thing into literally like a talent funnel that's coming into you to be able to then turn around and pitch. It's
1: amazing. It's brilliant. That That's kind of how we see ourselves. I think part talent agency, talent sure. on Scout, yeah. and part entertainment. Mm-hmm. I think it's just a hodgepodge of different industries. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think it's a good fit. I I think think so too. So far, we may make some more adjustments Mm. later, but but I (laughs) I like the model for now, so we'll see. Sure. No, that's very cool, man. It's,
0: It's something I definitely would recommend to everybody to get out and see. And of course, we'll have links to the podcast and all that kind of stuff in the description uh, you know of this episode, oh, um, you know. So once everybody gets done um listening to all of my episodes in the <coughs> back catalog, definitely go
1: over and check that one out. And you know, um, promoting you like crazy. Oh, for stuff. sure. Well, I appreciate we, that. We, we dig what you're doing just as much as you dig us. So sure. Well, I am.
0: Um, you know, it's it's one of those things, man. um Sometimes you just got to put it out there and see what happens. And we you do. guys are definitely making it stick. And I'm yeah. sure
1: that's what you did. I mean, you didn't have any you know, I'm sure you didn't do any major studies before you launched it. You just did it.
0: Right. Well, I mean, it's a work in progress. I mean, for me, I've had the branding package done for more than three years now where I've just been kind of sitting on it waiting for it to go. And I've had the domain. I've been sitting on the domain for a few years The the power of weird.com because oh. that's just great. <laughs> you oh, know, that's
1: an excellent title. Yeah. yeah. Um,
0: and so it's, it's one of those where, you know, I had all of that stuff done, but it's one of those things where taking something from concept to reality is a lot harder than people realize, you know, like they see the finished product, they go and on Spotify and they can hear the podcast or on Apple, iTunes, you know, whatever the case may be for myself, for you guys. And, you know, and it's just there in a pre formatted ingestible, (laughs) you know, little chunk.
1: They don't know the pain and suffering. Right. Maybe it took a year, maybe it took two years, maybe like me, it took a decade and then Sure. Sure. In, in some aspects, it's been a lifetime. This has been yeah, a lifetime yeah. of information that I've been wor- learning, mm-hmm. taking, processing. This definitely wasn't overnight. Right, so anything- right, exactly. Yeah, and it, it's just so. <laughs>
0: After my first episode went up, I had a lot of family and friends, there were people like that, they were like, oh, you have a podcast, and they went and listened to that, and of course, they have continued to listen, but I didn't, I had an episode pretty quickly, within two or three days, ready to upload, and I already had people that were like, come on, man, what the hell, <laughs> I'm like, you realize I have to work still, and I have to edit all this, and I have to, right. you know, right. um, you know, like, the reaction i got from almost everybody with my first episode of my podcast and and i, I only go into this just because you're doing the same stuff now and you've listened to that episode is it was always like um damn it dan you didn't tell me you were going to make me cry and especially not more than once um <laughs> which you know
1: right right i'm glad you recommended that i listened to that one too because was mm-hmm. a very powerful episode
0: yeah yeah well one. My, my personal belief is that if anybody's going to take me seriously and have any kind of trust in me with the people and the message that I'm bringing out, they need to know that I'm willing to be vulnerable and be able to share who I am, you know? um it, <laughs> you
1: know i don't think it's fair to ask other people to open up all their can of worms right not, and that's why i'm here because i don't really feel comfortable about asking other people to share everything you can with me right if i'm not really willing to do the same thing so yeah, like, yeah for sure you gotta give as good as you get
0: right well yeah the, the only other complaint they had was where's the next one uh, so right. you know i'll, I'll go that's i will consider that a victory problem. yeah yeah no for sure that's definitely a good problem to have well, so one of the things that I um, bring up, one of the questions I ask as I wrap up, you know, interviews with folks, um, is it's it's a standard one. You've probably heard it. You've listened to a few episodes, but um, so I preface it by saying um, it's in honor of my fiance who passed away a few years ago. Her name was Jessica. Um, she was an adopted at birth and never really felt accepted or wanted by her adoptive family, um, siblings, and that kind of stuff is different. But uh, but anyway. She went to school, got two master's degrees, worked really, really hard and became a school counselor in a title one underserved, underprivileged, you know, low income school. And she spent the better part of 12 years as a school counselor before she passed away in this elementary school where she gave all the love and attention and support to these kids that she had that she never got herself. It was her personal mission in life to make these kids lives better than hers was. And one of the things that uh, you probably don't know about this, because you've never actually done, like, probably not done, like, custom apparel and that kind of stuff. But no. once, I, once I started making custom apparel for uh, customers, for clients, like team t-shirts and all this other kind of stuff... Um, she wanted immediately the, the phrase that's attributed by Gandhi, to, to Gandhi, the be the change you want to see in the world. She wanted that on everything. So we put that on mugs and t-shirts and water bottles and hoodies and jackets sure. and bags and everything. You know, It's one of those things. When you find out yeah. somebody you know can do that, you then want everything on everything. Right. Um, but, but anyway, so what I've done, again, to honor her and because I like the spin that I put on it, I ask everybody that comes on the show, you know, thinking about it all and knowing, of course, that we consider weird to be a big badge of honor, not to be any kind of detrimental derogatory term. What is the weird that you would want to see put out in the world?
1: (sighs) How about this? Let's 86 all the hate. How's that for weird?
0: That's very weird, but very cool.
1: That's probably very weird. Can we just dispense with the hate? I don't see society really progressing the way that it needs to if we're so divided and just filled with all this unnecessary animosity. So I, that would be the change that I would like to see. Just, to I agree, face, man. Just, yeah, with the hate.
0: I dig it. That's very cool. I get a lot of good answers, man. And they all always take me back a little bit, whether they be literal or sometimes folks give silly answers too. I had somebody the other day say that they'd love for uh, the weird to be that, Um, magic develops in the world and it becomes lord of the rings type of situation like that was neat Uh, but he also gave a serious answer but you know it's cool um but no i i I dig it that's something that's very much in line with my beliefs and values also and i just
1: see it just escalating i don't see it calming down it just seems like it's more rapid
0: right now that's
1: true I, i always encourage folks um because we're all, you know, we're all on this globe together. Right. There, there is no America or Mexico or Canada. We're all on this same ball together. Right. And to think otherwise, you're not living in reality.
0: That's true. Arbitrary lines.
1: Are, as, as arbitrary as it gets. Mm-hmm. That's heavy, man. That's cool, though. That's Now, the other weird is I'd like everything to be peanut butter crunchy if we could. <laughs> <laughs> can I have two days? Yeah, no, I get it. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Yeah,
0: yeah. My um so I have a uh, I have one biological sister and then I have a person who I consider a sister. It's my sister's best friend who was kind of raised with us from the the point that I can remember anyway, is when we first moved to Tennessee. And um she has two girls I consider my nieces. And so the reason why I'm going to this is one niece and and her like creamy peanut butter and they're the ones that do the grocery shopping the other niece and then the husband there they like crunchy peanut butter but they never get it because they don't go shopping (laughs) and so um these we do a family book club once a month and the girls the nieces come to to book club and so last month at book club they were talking about the peanut butter conundrum and I literally (laughs) sat there on Amazon and like I'm like okay put your address in and I ordered like big old things of Jif, extra crunchy to get from Amazon, you know,
1: right, right. like
0: sometimes you have to make the world a peanut buttery place. It's just, we, that's we go works. to
1: Costco and get the two that are in the, in yeah, yeah. Just, you know, mm-hmm. like, it's a despicable scene, you know, peanuts are <laughs> flying all over the
0: place. <laughs> that's awesome, man. I love it. You know, that's one of the things I miss since COVID is no peanuts at restaurants anymore. Like, you
1: know, I guess that would be true. Isn't it? Mm-hmm.
0: Well, I know, and okay, and this I part. No, I
1: haven't even eaten in a restaurant since COVID.
0: Oh wow! Holy yeah, God. yeah, I kind of get pulled. <laughs> My <laughs> sister likes going places, especially, so we'll go places oh, yeah. with her and her family. So, no, I get it, man. That's very cool. I like it. Peanut butter and get rid of the hate. Maybe, maybe we could. Maybe you could spread that message. You like know, Jeff could be a sponsor.
1: Spreading peanut butter. Maybe they couldn't spread hate. Right? Exactly. Far, is that such a far off concept? I don't. Know.
0: Not at all, man. You now know, how the peanut
1: filled with hate if you're eating peanut butter.
0: Right. <laughs>
1: <laughs> peanut butter does typically make things better.
0: I would agree with that. Because when
1: they want to sit, of course, I don't guess we're gonna have uh visuals, <coughs> but you'll get it. But right. If you know, if you're eating peanut butter, how are you
0: going to spout? Hey, you're... <laughs> that is so going on a promotional video. That's awesome. <laughs> very, very cool, man. Well, I'm gonna because I know I've had you on here for a while. I'm gonna go ahead and and wrap everything up. Not, but a,
1: not a problem, brother. Not a problem. I'm, I
0: do just want to say again, of course, big thank you to my new friend Ted. It's been a really uh, an honor to be able to get to know him and and talk about some stuff and get to hear his story. And I hope that. uh, you know, just like I do with everybody that makes a big difference for the folks that are out there listening. Um, You know, one little thing can be all it takes to be able to push somebody in the right direction. Thanks everybody for listening and we'll catch you next time on The Power of Weird. Thank you for listening to The Power of Weird. This episode was brought to you by the Rosemary Run Novel Series, published by Standards of Starlight Books. Follow the women of Rosemary Run, California as they face the darkness hiding beneath their community's picturesque facade. Find more about the Rosemary Run series as well as other Standards of Starlight novels at standardsofstarlight.com or by following the link in the description below. Make sure to stay tuned for more of my story as well as great interviews with amazing weird people. And remember, be the weird you want to see in the world. We'll see you next time on The Power of Weird. Oh, hey, everybody. And one more thing. Don't forget to check us out over on Patreon for exclusive perks and content. You can get special shorts and clips behind the scenes bonuses, a monthly AMA with me and some special guests. And don't forget that great feeling you get by helping an independent content creator, make the world a better place. Thanks for listening. And I'll see you next time.